are younger than kids church age on the first service during the first service only there is toddlers church okay so if you didn't know if you want your toddler also to come to church or experience church in a way that they can relate to please um, join the first service then um, there is a special uh, Toddler's church happening that side. And also communion. Is there anybody here this morning that haven't received a cup yet? Um, please just raise your hand. The ushers will come and give you a cup. Um, for those who have, um, you can prepare your cup so long. You know what I mean? If you're here for the very first time. Is anybody here for the first time? Oh, no, don't, no, now we don't know. Don't worry. If you're here for the first time, we have a cup like this. On top, there's a piece of bread, and on the bottom is the cup, but you've got two lids you need to open. Um, do open them separately. Yeah, but you can prepare them so long. I prepare them. Otherwise, it takes forever. Great. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this privilege to come into your presence. Thank you that you say we two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are with us. And so we are here to humble ourselves before you, to worship, but also to receive from you. Lord, thank you that you've given us your spirit and your word that we may know you more. And Lord, this morning we ask that you will come and speak to us through your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been sharing around the mind of Christ, and um, we started off just looking at the mindset of Christ and the fact that we are called to have the same mind as Christ. And we've been sharing about different aspects of the different mindsets of Christ. We started with love, agape, very powerful mindset Christ has towards us, and then calls us to have the same towards each other. And then Pastor Vanner also shared about humility, a very powerful mindset of Christ. This humility and what it means and that God calls us to also have the same mindset. And then, of course, um, I want to continue with another mindset. And the important thing of these mindsets is, it, it is um, it's almost like repentance. Literally, repentance means a change of mind. Uh, thinking differently. To the way you used to think. And by thinking differently, it would lead to different actions. Not just different actions, but also different reactions. So many times in this world, we are conditioned to think like the world. And then when hardship or trials or tribulation come across our way, we react like the world reacts. Because we haven't been renewed in our minds. To think differently so that we can also act differently. Romans 12 says the following it says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and perfect will of god and so as we read before in Philippians 2 verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In the NIV, it says, Have the same mindset of Christ. And so what we are doing at church, I remember as a, um, a young minister in Stellenbosch, 
we were often accused of brainwashing the students. And I used to say, exactly. That's what we're doing. We are brainwashing them. We are changing the way they are thinking. So that they can change the way they are living. So that they can honor God in their lives. And so today I'm continuing in brainwashing you. With the word. (laughs) To think like Christ does and not like the world. One of the most challenging mindsets apart from love and humility. Is Christ's mindset towards suffering. It is a very challenging mindset. And suffering is a very sensitive issue. So I want to tread lightly. Because we all suffer differently. And we have gone through different experiences of pain through suffering. We suffer emotionally, we suffer physically, and we suffer spiritually. And, and, and so I'm, I'm cautious as I approach this. But I want us to look at Christ's mindset of suffering. To see how did Christ embrace suffering And how did he manage to endure through it? You see, in this world we can suffer for many reasons. We can suffer because we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world and there are others that will sin against us and cause suffering. And sometimes we suffer because of the curse that is in this world. We also can suffer because of the consequence of our own actions. We can do wrong things that leads to negative consequences in our life. And then, of course, we can suffer because of the devil, our adversary. But we can also suffer for doing good. We can suffer for being a Christian. And most difficult of them all, we can suffer because God allows it. So there are different reasons why people may suffer. But before we deal with the reasons of suffering, let us first look at Christ's mindset towards suffering. The way Christ embraced suffering and what the Word of God teaches us concerning suffering. You know, 1 Peter 4 verse 1 says something powerful. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. A very powerful statement. It says that we must take the same mindset as Christ, who also suffered in the flesh. Very powerfully, it says we must arm ourselves. It says, since Christ suffered in the flesh, since Christ suffered, you need to arm yourself with the same mindset. It's a very powerful word in Greek, this arm yourself. It literally means to take up weapons. Because in suffering, there is a fight going on for our hearts and minds. For our faith. Because in suffering, it involves pain. And so we need to arm ourselves with the same mind as Christ who also suffered. So that we can endure and overcome suffering the way he did. This is very important because there is a fight going on during suffering. And I have seen many lose their faith. Get offended with God because of suffering. And therefore, this fight is real. And people lose their faith and get offended with God either because of a wrong doctrine, 
a prosperity doctrine that says if you follow Jesus, you will never suffer. Which is not what the Word of God teaches us. And sometimes people get offended with God because of a wrong doctrine, a wrong expectation, thinking that in following Jesus, nothing bad will ever happen to them. And then, of course, sometimes it is because we are not prepared. We are not prepared for suffering. And therefore, our faith fails and we get offended or hurt or become lukewarm because we were not prepared for suffering. And so the Word of God, Jesus, teaches and prepares us for suffering and, and encourages us to have the same mindset, to arm ourselves for suffering. Jesus came to the earth full knowing that he would suffer. It was not, he was not caught off by God. He knew coming into this world that he would suffer. In Isaiah 53 verse 3 we read, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people would hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Christ not only knew that he would suffer, Christ embraced his suffering. In Luke 9, we read the following, and he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus did not only embrace his suffering because he was tough and strong, he knew he would suffer. And he had a particular mindset towards his own suffering that enabled him to overcome it. You see, enduring suffering is a choice. We see here in Mark 14, when Jesus was in the garden, he prayed to the Father and said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but what you will. See, Christ's suffering was a choice. And enduring suffering leads to overcoming suffering. Jesus knew that he would suffer, and he had a choice, but still he chose to embrace it. Why did Jesus do that? What motivated this mindset, not know, just knowingly, facing suffering, but enduring it and overcoming it. Why did Jesus do that? And Hebrews 12 gives us insight into Christ's mindset. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here it gives us an insight, a glimpse to one aspect of Christ's mindset towards suffering, is that he didn't look at suffering, but he looked at what was beyond the suffering. 
He looked at the glory that was waiting for him and the joy that was set before him motivated him to endure the cross and to despise the shame. There was something motivating Christ to embrace the suffering that he would face. It was the joy that was set before him. It is more than just a hope of eternal life. This joy was not just for himself. It was for us. The joy of seeing us being redeemed and sharing in his glory. The joy to see us have eternal life, yes, but even more than that. There was something greater that motivated Christ to embrace and endure and overcome his suffering. And that was God's glory. It was God's glory that was set before him. That caused so much joy in him that he overcame the cross and the shame and everything that that suffering brought him. And I want us to, to start with what motivated Christ. As we look at suffering, let's start there. So that we can arm ourselves with the same mindset as Christ did. Jesus was looking for, to the future. Jesus was looking to the glory that was waiting for him. A glory far greater than anything on earth or anything that can be took away from him on this earth. The glory of the Father. That's why Romans 8 verse 18 says, For I consider the present sufferings not worthy comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. This is Paul writing, a man of suffering. A man that suffered beatings, stonings, imprisonments, shipwreck, and ultimately death for doing what is good in the sight of God. And despite all his suffering, he said, but I consider this suffering not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed. Not just to me, but to us. Waiting for all of us. A mindset driven by faith, hope, and love in and for God. And we are called to have the same mindset. Looking to Jesus as the author and example of our faith. We read in Hebrews 12, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the same, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You see, suffering can cause discouragement to us. It can make us weary and wound even our faith, our trust in God. And therefore, the Word of God encourages us to take the same mindset as Christ and look to Him how He endured and overcame suffering, lest we become weary and discouraged in our souls. Suffering can cause us to become discouraged or lukewarm or even lose our faith. I have met so many people who were offended with God because of suffering. Because they had a wrong mindset towards suffering. And when they suffered, they lost their faith in God. And therefore it's a battle and the Word of God says we must arm ourselves with the same mindset that when suffering comes, we are able to endure and overcome it that's the parable of the sower remember the seed that is sown on the rocks 
It is those who receive the word with great joy, but the moment persecution and tribulation arises because of the word, they wither and fall. And so we are warned, but also prepared to embrace our suffering. You see, the challenge is that suffering is part of this life. It is also part of the Christian life. Jesus warned us, and the Holy Spirit prepares us for this reality. In John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. What a powerful encouragement. Preparing us for the reality that in this world, we will suffer. It's like running the comrades. God is preparing us, says, in this race, it's going to be painful. <laughs> and if you know it, you will either not run it like me, I will not run that race. <laughs> Or because you know it's going to be difficult and hard and it's going to be painful, you're going to embrace it, endure it, and finish it. But if you start that race thinking, if you start that race thinking you will not suffer, you are going to give up halfway. And so do the race to be run with Christ. That's the race in front of all these witnesses that we are running. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the suffering and overcame it. 1 Peter 4 says the following, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though something strange or some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering that when, he is, when His glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. You know what is one of the most challenging things of the book of 1 Peter? It was written three years before Nero started the persecution of the Christians. The worst persecution Christendom has ever faced. Three years before this happened, the Holy Spirit speaks to the church and says, Do not find it strange when these things happen to you. But be ready for it, looking unto Jesus. Endure it, overcome it, because great will be your reward. So we are prepared for it. Romans 8 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His suffering, that we may also share in His glory. For I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. What a powerful mindset to have. What a powerful mindset to have to face suffering. 2 Corinthians 4 says the following, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. <laughs> what a powerful mindset. To face suffering with. This is a powerful mindset. Looking to God's glory. Waiting for us. And it's all based on our faith. Our hope. And our love for God. Our faith in Him. 
and our hope in His promises and our love for Him. So how do we deal with suffering? How do we deal with suffering when we face it? Well, first of all, if I can make a rule, this would be advice, rule, principle, call it what you may, number one. Do not suffer for doing wrong. I'll say it again. Do not suffer for doing wrong. There is no value in suffering for doing wrong. If you know the plate is hot, do not put your hand on it. You will suffer because of it. There's no point in it. Except maybe to learn that you shouldn't do it again. <laughs> okay. So rule number one about suffering. Do not suffer because of sin. Because there's consequence of sin. And if you sin, you will suffer for it. There's a consequence for it. If you are suffering because of wrong, the first thing that you need to do is, you must admit that you are wrong. You must confess your sins before God and others. Admit that you're wrong and then take your hand off the plate. Stop doing it. Don't do it again because if you do, you will hurt again. So, if you are suffering because of wrong, first of all, admit you are wrong. Humble yourself, admit you are wrong and stop doing it. Repent. It's confession and repentance. Okay, you get the point. Hebrews 12 verse 7 says the following thing. Very challenging but so encouraging. It says, endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, we all do, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. However, moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level the paths of your feet, so that the lame will not be disabled, but rather healed. Here lies the challenge of suffering hardship. It is painful. But we are called to embrace it, especially if it is discipline. And also to encourage one another who are going through it. Strengthen the feeble knees. Encourage one another so that we may be healed, so that we may be trained by it. So again, even if we are suffering for wrong and God is disciplining us for our wrong, embrace it. Be trained by it because it will lead to fruit of righteousness and holiness if we submit to it. However, in this life, you will not just suffer for doing wrong. You will also suffer for doing what is right. 
for doing good. 1 Peter 2 says the following, For it is commendable if somebody bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. All of us at some point are going to suffer unjustly because we are conscious of God. Because we love God, we have faith and hope in Him, and we trust Him. The world will ask of us, your employer, your circumstances, your family, your society will ask you to do something that you know is wrong. And because you're conscious of God, you're going to choose not to do it. And you're going to suffer for it. It is the comrades. Sometimes we are going to suffer unjustly. It says the following, it is commendable if somebody bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. A mindset. We will suffer also for doing good. And we can suffer for being conscious of God, being obedient and doing the right sign. And we can even suffer for just being a Christian. We are called to endure the pain of unjust suffering. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. And again, we are all called to endure suffering. Matthew 5 verse 10, Jesus says the following, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For this is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. I say to you, all kinds of evil or falsely, or, uh, for all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. Very powerful mindset to have. Blessed are you. If they persecute you for righteousness sake. Blessed are you. If they bring in all kinds of false accusation. And persecution against you. For my name's sake. For great is your reward. What a powerful mindset to have. When you are suffering unjustly. For doing what is good. Uh, a while ago. Um, my youngest. was a, I think it was a ceremony she got i can't i think it i can't remember was it for the first well anyway some guest speaker came to speak about this um i think it was for the hockey i think it was the hockey or the netball it was the netball or the hockey anyway i mean she got first team and and then was a whole ceremony and we had a guest speaker coming in speaking to all the kids and he made a very powerful statement of of of, of changing a negative into a positive as a coach he used to coach a particular team somewhere in Paul, in Paul that kept on losing against this other school, I think for nine years in a row or something like that. And this other school were very good and they were very intimidated. And because this other school was very good, they were extra intimidating. That was part of their strategy to intimidate the opponents. And they used to play quite dirty as well. And so this poor team were, were, were quite afraid and intimidated by this team they're going to, to play against. And this coach taught them how to turn a negative into a positive. And he said, every time you play against this team and they foul you, they hit you in the ribs, 
or they slander you to intimidate you. Whenever you are fouled or wrong, I want you to say, Pinter. Okay? I want you to imagine you have a backpack on your back, and every time you're fouled, you must scream, Pinter. And if the rest of the team hears somebody scream, Pinter, you must respond by screaming back, Pinter. So let, can, we, can we practice that? Okay, I'm going to say Pinter, and then you must respond. Okay? So somebody fouls me, and then I say, Pinter! Yeah, you see? So, so they, and then he said, at the end of the game, we're going to come back into the locker room, we're going to take our backpacks off, and then we're going to unpack all our Pinter, and see who has the most Pinter. And that guy will win a prize. How powerful mindset it is to turn a negative into a positive. And Jesus says, blessed are you if they persecute you for my name's sake, because great will be your pinter in heaven. Nah? That's the mindset of Christ embracing suffering. The devil seeks to offend, to steal to kill and to destroy Christians' faith. And the greatest door that he tries to put his foot in is suffering. We must not be unaware of the scheme of the devil. And we must arm ourselves with the right mindset when we face suffering so that we cannot just endure and overcome it, but also bat the devil in the process. The wrong mindset towards suffering and hardship and tribulation and persecution makes us easy prey. If you have the wrong mindset towards suffering, we become easy prey for the devil. That's why Peter also writes in 1 Peter 5, he says, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. How powerful is that? To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. When we are going through hardship, let us not give the devil a foothold, but entrust our lives in the hands of God. Ask him for grace, not to run away from our suffering, but to endure it and overcome it. Let us call on his grace and allow him to strengthen, establish, perfect, and settle us by putting our faith, our hope, and our love in Him and in following Christ's example. Whether it's in your workplace, in your relationships, in your marriage, or in your body. Let us turn to God and ask Him for His grace. 1 Peter 2 says, For this is commendable. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if you are beaten for your faults and you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. 
for to this you were called. We were called to suffer for doing good. To this you were called. And because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sin, may live for righteousness. What a powerful mindset. It's like running the comrades. If you run the comrades, you are called to suffer. If you embrace it, you will endure it and finish it. Our mindset, our faith, our hope, our love will determine our actions and also our reactions. 1 Peter 3 verse 13 says the following, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Pinta. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense for everyone who asks this reason for the hope that you have, the joy that you have when you shout Spinter. Why are you so different? Well, be ready to give them a reason for this hope with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than doing evil. What a powerful statement and mindset to have. It makes us bulletproof to what this world can throw at us. So let us first sanctify God in our hearts. Put our faith in Him and then follow His example. Let us become different to the world in the way we suffer. That we may become light in the midst of darkness. That people will come and ask us why are you so different? So that we can tell them why. It's because of Jesus. The one who loves us. Who suffered for us. To redeem us. And give us a future and a hope. And a great reward waiting for us. That is far greater than what this world can give. And anything that can be taken from us. That is the God that we serve. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we can come to you this morning. Lord, to a God that is not distant and cannot relate to our suffering, but someone who endured great suffering himself. Someone once asked, How is it possible? That God can allow bad things to happen to good people. Someone once responded, it only happened once. 
it's when you came. You were the only one good and perfect. And you suffered on my behalf. You suffered on our behalf. There was no sin, no deceit found in you, and yet you became sin for us. And you embraced the suffering so that we can be free. You did it with great joy, surrendering your life in the hands of the Father, knowing that after you suffered a while, you will be redeemed. And the glory that you once had will be restored. But more than that, shared with all of us who believe in you. Lord, as we take this bread, may we never forget the suffering you went through for us. Let us eat together. While we eat this bread and meditate upon His suffering for us. If you are here this morning and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, never responded to His grace, and tap into that to be part of it so that you too can overcome as you surrender your life to Him. If that is you this morning and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity right now to say, here I am, Lord. I want to give you my life. I want to accept you as my King and my Lord, my Savior, the one I will follow all the days of my life. If that is you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand and say, Lord, here I am. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Just quickly raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. If that is you this morning, I want you to pray with us all. This is a very simple prayer. It's acknowledging your sinfulness, your need for a Savior, and your choice to embrace Jesus as the only Savior. And then to thank Him for your salvation. And so I want us all to pray this prayer with those who have responded. Father God, I am a sinner and I am in need of salvation. Thank you for your grace, for taking my sin and my place on the cross that day. Please forgive my sin as I embrace you today. I thank you for your forgiveness. My salvation. My redemption. I now belong to you. I am your child. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to pray especially for those who surrendered their life to you today. 
I pray, Lord, at this moment you will come and fill them by your Spirit. Embrace them as your own. Draw them close to you, Lord. Seal them in their faith. And God, I pray that you will reveal to them the mysteries and the preciousness of their inheritance that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you will seal their faith and their zeal in you, that they may only grow from this day forward, and that they may have this power station that does not go off, that does not load shed, but continues forever. Thank you, God, that you are near to those who cry out to you, and you reveal yourself to those who diligently seek you. Thank you for your promises that are true, not just for one day, but for today. And that we can live in and through it. Thank you for this cup, Lord, that represents your blood that was shed for us. A seal of this covenant through which we belong to you and know we have eternal life. God, I pray that as we drink this, we drink to all your promises. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. It cleanses, it sustains, it gives life. And Lord, I pray that as we face our suffering in this world, we thank you that we do not do this alone. We do it with you who has already overcome. And Lord, I thank you that you will give us the grace not just to endure it, but to also overcome it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to dismiss the meeting, but if you are going through suffering,